Arizona Votes, Election Day 2022, with Mike Broomhead. Hey, thanks for being here. And I want to remind you, you can always go to KTAR.com slash Arizona Votes. It is a clearinghouse for elections. I am really proud of the what the the work the team has done here at KTAR News, putting together candidate interviews in one location where you can be an informed voter. Um, I make it pretty clear where I stand on issues, where I stand on candidates a lot of times, but I want to hear from all of them, and I hope they'll come on. Um, and uh, I talked with Katie Hobbs the other day in a TV interview. She has told us she'll come on this show. I would love for you to be able to hear from that candidate. Uh, Carrie Lake will be on the show very often. We know that Blake Masters will be back on. And I start with Mark Kelly because Senator Kelly um, has not come on this show and he was the only candidate that didn't come on the TV show. So I, I'm, I'm sure it's strategic. I, I, whatever the reasons are, I just want you to know we are inviting and have invited all candidates in these statewide races to come on. Uh, I think it's important for you to know. We also have had both candidates, Republican and Democrat, for the county attorney's office because I think it's important for you to be able to hear what they have to say, not just see an ad or whatever for or against someone, have them answer questions about issues. So I want to be very clear that um, I am open to talking with all candidates. I try to be fair with everyone, I, and I will be. I mean, I'm going to push back on some things with people, but I'm always fair, and I want you, in the end, you're the one that has to make the decision. I've got my choices to make to vote as well, but in the end, we want informed voters. So KTAR.com slash Arizona Votes is a great resource where you can go back and listen to interviews, not just that I have done, but everybody around here has done with candidates and where they stand on specific issues. It's a great resource. Here's a story that surprised me a little bit because we saw numbers recently, or at least I did, that showed that Mark Kelly had opened a 12-point lead. He had not quite crested 50%, that threshold needed to know that you're going to win an election, but he had come really close to getting there, but was holding a 12-point lead over Blake Masters. So here's a national story. According to another poll uh, from uh, data, data for Progress, Mark Kelly is barely holding on to a 1% lead over Blake Masters with 48%, but that they have Masters at 47%. And it goes on to talk about three other, or two other candidates in swing states that are, are in trouble. Um, now, I don't know how accurate polling is what it is. Let's be honest, you know, uh, uh, but it is an indicator that right now, it, more important than ever, that you should be an informed voter. To think that your vote doesn't count, to listen to polls and think, oh, my gosh, my candidate can't possibly win. I'm not going to even vote or to think my my candidate can't possibly lose. I don't even need to vote. Yes, you do. Be a, be an issue-based voter. Look at the issues. Look where the candidates stand. Listen to what they say. Don't just pay attention to ads that say they're the best thing in the world or ads against them that say they're the second coming of Satan. Make sure you do your homework on where a candidate actually stands on an issue. Uh, if you get an opportunity to see them speak somewhere, especially if they're answering questions, go ask them a question. Um, and they usually are pretty good at responding. But I found this poll to be interesting, um, that it's showing how narrow some of these races are when it looked like that it wasn't that way. Republicans hold a stronger advantage in gubernatorial races and two state races in Arizona. Carrie Lake polled higher than Katie Hobbs, 51-47. Now, the last poll I saw, it was a one-point toss-up here in Arizona. So, again, I'm I'm not saying you should commit to any of these, but it's interesting to read the numbers. 
Um, uh, Carrie Lake in a poll when it started out, Carrie Lake was polling, I think, six points behind Katie Hobbs. Um, this story is interesting about that. I wonder when people watch political ads and the criticisms come out there about how horrible this person is or how great this person is or whatever. And then there was the big talk about debating. Would Katie Hobbs commit to a debate? And I asked her that question in the TV interview. I asked her, I said, you know, I got asked this. And she goes, I know. I knew it was coming. And she answered the question about why she's not debating. Um, and the TV format for me over at AZTV is not like I do it on this show. On this show, I'll push back a little bit because I want to get information. The other ones are more of just asking where they stand, letting them answer the questions. But I wonder if this will hurt Katie Hobbs with independent voters because this doesn't seem to be one of those um, opinions where it got kind of cloudy and this one may – and I don't know. I'm waiting to see how the response, if there is a response. Um, a campaign spokesperson confirmed that Hobbs drove for Uber, a rideshare company, for three months in late 2016, earning $2,682. Enough that she should have included it in her annual report that documents public officials' financial interests. At the time, Hobbs was the Democratic leader in the Arizona Senate in her sixth year as a state lawmaker. Um, it said, while paperwork errors may seem innocuous, similar omissions have in the past created problems for politicians from fines to resignations. Additionally, missing and incomplete disclosure reports leaves the public in the dark about possible conflict of interest uh, who might seek to influence elected representatives. Um, and, I, and I'm just going to read one more part of this. It said another complication is that Hobbs now oversees the reporting for disclosures, a role, a role she held since she was elected as secretary of state in 2018. So so what this story is saying is that Katie Hobbs didn't report income that she should have in her financial disclosure forms because, you know, it's a conflict of interest. If you're driving for Uber and you're making this much money, if there is a piece of legislation you might have to vote on for rideshare companies or otherwise, is there a conflict of interest? I don't know that there was. I don't. But that's what the questions are. That's why you have to disclose that income. Now, as Secretary of State, they oversee those disclosure reports. That's what this story is talking about. Uh, end of the world, I don't know that it's the end of the world for anyone. I'll be honest, I don't. Uh, but is it a going to be a concern? Is this what independent voters are going to look like and not call her dishonest or not whatever, but are they going to say those kinds of mistakes? You know, we put you in charge of reading those disclosures and following those disclosure forms, and you messed them up when you were filling them out. So there's going to need to be a response, and maybe there has been a response from the Hobbs campaign. I haven't seen it. But all in all, these are the kinds of issues that I think all of us should be looking at. Look at Blake Masters if you get an opportunity to hear him speak somewhere. If you get an opportunity to hear Senator Kelly speak somewhere, their debates, I think, are, are interesting. Because when a candidate has an opportunity to voice his or her opinion on not what needs to be done, but how they plan on doing it, that again, because you can talk in platitudes all day long. You can tell people we're going to do this and we're going to do that and we're going to fix this and we're going to get rid of that. And then you have to if you have an opportunity to say, OK, how are you going to do that? Explain to me how you're going to do that. If they give you a reasonable answer, check that box. But if they don't. It's just an empty campaign promise. 
And I think all of us should hold people accountable to the promises they make. Like I told you, I think for the most part with President Biden, he will be able to in two years to look at the American people and say promises made, promises kept, especially on climate change. The problem for President Biden is how does he say to the American people, these are the promises I made, uh, not quite the outcomes I anticipated. That's going to be the issue. But interesting what's happening with these elections, and it's something we're going to keep our eye on moving forward. What we're going to do in a moment is uh, there have been two ridiculous things that have been said in the last couple of days. And I'm going to ask you, which was the most ridiculous thing that's been said? I'll get to both of them coming up here in just a moment. Strong values and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show. KTAR News, 92.3 FM and the KTAR News app. Hey, happy Friday from the Mike Broomhead Show. If you haven't subscribed to the podcast yet, the Mike Broomhead Show podcast is easy to download. Never miss a minute of the show ever again. And it's brought to you this week by Carol Royce Keller Williams Realty East Valley. You can get a higher price selling your home and get guaranteed offers by going to higherprice.com. That's higherprice.com. All right. Um, so here is my question. This is the question for a Friday morning. Who said the dumber thing? Should be a consistent segment on the show. Who was dumber? Um, let's start with Stacey Abrams. Stacey Abrams, the candidate, the one that said she still won the election in Georgia, uh, was talking about um, uh, fetal heartbeats at six weeks. And uh, this is a little difficult to hear. She looks like they're in a gymnasium, but she's on the microphone talking about this. And Stacey Abrams said this. There is no such thing as a heartbeat. It is Let me read that in case you didn't hear it. There is no such thing as a heartbeat at six weeks. It's a manufactured sound. This is where it gets really dumb. Designed to convince people that men have the right to take control of a woman's body. It's a good candidate. Good candidate for dumbest comment. Uh, now I want you to go. I want to go to Piers Morgan. Uh, Piers Morgan is not the one who makes the dumbest statement. He is reading the dumbest statement. Uh, this is for Sky News Australia regarding one of my favorite groups to talk about, PETA, People for the Ethical Treatment of Animals. About, uh, PETA, the animal rights group, who've announced uh, that apparently meat eaters should be banned from having sex. Uh, and their explanation is that devouring sausages and schnitzel, this is the German Peter announces, is a symptom of toxic masculinity killing the planet. They called on women to go on sex strike to save the world and they cited research saying that men cause 41% more greenhouse gas emissions than women because they consume more meat. Well, let's be honest. Um, if we're all going to be, we're all grown-ups here, right? Let's be honest. I'm pretty sure men do emit more greenhouse gases than women. I'm just going to go out on a limb there. But um, so uh, men are the ones that consume the meat. So women should go on a sex strike until men – do women want to date guys that, are, that don't eat meat? Do women really want to date vegan guys? I mean, is that, do you? I'll be honest, the the girls, I don't, have I, I'm trying to think if I've ever gone out with someone that is a vegan. 
I don't think I have. I don't think I have. I will tell you that my sister-in-law, my sister-in-law doesn't eat meat. She's vegan. I think she's gone full vegan now. But it's because she doesn't like it. She cooks it all the time for my brother and, and their kids. But she's not, you know, um, so which is dumber? Which is dumber? Stacey Abrams saying that there's no heartbeat at six weeks because and that it's a manufactured noise. So what happens is they do an ultrasound on on a woman that is pregnant. Oh, sorry. A person that is pregnant. Let's be careful. Not just a woman. It's a person, a pregnant person. I don't get pulled off the air or canceled. Um, uh, They do an ultrasound. And while the parents, I don't want to say father and mother, I'll get me in trouble too. While the parents are looking at the screen in the ultrasound, while that's happening, the doctor or a nurse is somewhere doing this. And it's a manufactured sound so that people are convinced that men have a right to take control of a woman's body. That's what Stacey Abrams said to people. And secondly, PETA wants to be taken seriously. These are the people that wear meat suits or they run around naked, um, which I'm not necessarily against, by the way. Um, And uh, what else have they done? They've thrown fake blood on people. Uh, At Christmas time, they were were going around Rockefeller Center in New York at Christmas time. And when they'd see uh, um, a a woman wearing a very nice mink coat or a a fur coat, uh, they were approaching their children and handing them comic books that showed a woman in a fur coat. Stabbing a rabbit or an animal and blood flying everywhere. Merry Christmas. Um, So they are saying that women should go on a sex strike because men eat too much meat. That's a toss up for me. Which is dumber? I think I have to go with Stacey Abrams because she wants to she wants to be elected to an office. So I think Stacey Abrams is my maybe we'll do this every Friday. Who was dumber? This should be we could get this sponsored. This could be a moneymaker. There's going to be plenty of people out there that want to answer that would love to sponsor the question. What's who was dumber? Well, actually, we do that every morning with Gatos. We just don't call it that. <laughs> we call it the BQ poll question of the day, but it always ends up being a segment to find out who's dumber, me or Gatos. Uh, but we should do that. And I think this week it's Stacey Abrams. Stacey Abrams, no heartbeat at six weeks. It's a manufactured sound so that people believe that men have the right to take control of a woman's body. Now, I happen to be pro-life. I am. But especially if I was pro-choice. I would want that comment erased from the Internet because people are going to lump all pro-life or pro-choice people together based on the idiocy of one person. There's no way she actually believes that. Even if she believes that there is no heartbeat at six weeks and you can debate and have that argument with someone, her belief that it's a manufactured sound. I don't know how you do that, but that's what she says. It's manufactured So that people believe that men can take control of women's bodies. Uh, Yeah, she wins. She's the dumber one this week. Uh, Border Patrol unprepared for the end of Title 42. As bad as it is at at the border, they're predicting it's going to get worse. Details next. Values and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show, KTAR News, 92.3 FM, and the KTAR News app.
feel like I should be carrying a glow stick and wearing fur boots when this song comes on. We should do that someday. <laughs> Rave Friday. Um, if you haven't subscribed to the podcast, please do it. It's the Mike Broomhead Show podcast. It's available. It's easy to download. Never miss a minute of the show. And again, I want to thank my friend Carol Royce, Keller Williams Realty, East Valley, for sponsoring it this week. You get a higher price selling your home and guaranteed offers by going to higherprice.com. It's higherprice.com. Uh, the border. We have to talk about the border. We continue to talk about the border, and I'm glad that the country is beginning to talk about the border. I told this story. Somebody actually sent me a message and thought I made it up, and I wish I could find the story. It's got to be out there somewhere. This is a true story about how ignorant people are. I don't mean stupid. Ignorant are about other places because people don't get to travel a whole lot. And what's weird about it is and I, you know, I think I could still put all 48 states in a puzzle and identify them just by looking at the state. I'm pretty sure I could. Um, But I don't know everything. But I'm pretty well educated on some things. When there was a big battle going on in Arizona over immigration, and I'm going to get to the big border stories in a moment, but I want to explain why I'm glad there's a national conversation going on about the border. Um, A few years ago, more than a few now, uh, SB 1070 was the, um, the immigration law that was being debated, and it was categorized. It was it was so mis categorized. The legislation was going to be one set of laws so that everybody around the state of Arizona could follow one set of guidelines when it came to dealing with people that were possibly in the state of Arizona illegally. What it turned into was this anti-Brown, and that's what they were calling it, that it was racist and all that. And there were huge protests. There were rallies in favor and protests against. And all of a sudden, cities in California were refusing to do business in Arizona. And people were going to cancel their uh, their all of their conferences here. And it was just a, it was a mess. But it was so misinformed. It was so misinformed. And here's the best example of it. Uh, Minneapolis, St. Paul, um, they were debating on whether or not they were going to continue to do business with Arizona. And I don't know how much business those cities did with Arizona. I don't know the answer to that question. But the debate was on about based on this law, should we continue to do business with the state of Arizona? And one of their city council members, and I can't remember her name, but one of their city council members actually went to the microphone and said publicly in the debate over this, uh, what they were going to do about our law, said she would understand Arizona doing this if Arizona was a border state. She didn't even know that Arizona is a border state. So just because we are on the front lines of the border issue doesn't mean that other states understand. They can't. They can't possibly unless they see it for themselves. Uh, I don't understand the plight of business owners in Seattle. Because I don't live in Seattle. I don't see it on the news every night. I don't understand with what's happening with homeless encampments in L.A. and what's happening in San Francisco because I'm not there. I'm not seeing it. Intellectually, I know what's going on. But the day-to-day having to run a business and face it, I have no clue. So in that, in that sense, what's happening at the border, I'm glad is starting to get attention by these buses and airplanes that are flying to these sanctuary cities. By the way, a majority, although it's a small majority, majority of Americans believe that illegal immigrants 
that have come to this or migrants, however, I don't want to be insulting, whatever. The people that come into this country illegally should be sent to sanctuary cities. If you have a policy that says you're welcome here, we'll protect you here, then let's take them there. They're going to be treated better there. Let's send them there. That's what the, the poll shows. By a pretty wide margin, but it's barely over 50%. There are a lot less people that say they shouldn't do it. But here's what is interesting. We know that it's been a mess. We know that 2 million people having, uh, you know, there were too many, 2 million apprehensions at the border, which sets a record. We talked about the number of people on the terror watch list that have been caught this year as a record. Um, It's going to get worse. There is a perception. We are expecting an influx of Venezuelans, a massive influx of Venezuelans because of the perception that they will be allowed to stay. Now, that is, um, first of all, the Venezuelan, Venezuelan government should be talking to their citizens about this. But we have to do something about the perception because it is becoming more and more dangerous in this sense. Yes, the human plight, we know what's happening. People are not kept well. Their tent cities are being put up. They're talking about putting people in cruise ships in New York and all these other things. But predators take advantage of opportunity, which is why the fentanyl is coming across in Arizona. 70% of the country's fentanyl comes in through Arizona because they know that the border is open because federal agents are dealing with the people that are coming. But there is also a reason why we have seen an uptick in the number of people crossing our border that are on the terror watch list. Uh, Iran is still saber rattling about the West. The Chinese have been saber rattling. The Russians have said that they are not. Putin has said, I am not bluffing about nuclear war with the West. So there is a point now. And we know that ISIS. ISIS has regrouped and is growing in strength. They have uh, they are in Africa and they are growing in strength. Uh, we know that there is a presence of terrorism once again in Afghanistan, and they are not forgetting their hatred of the West, especially the U.S. But the West as a whole. And if you don't think that if they see an opportunity to get a sleeper cell or to get people in, I will tell you that you're wrong. When they believe that they can mix themselves in. With a crowd of people that are coming here. And if you believe for a moment, yes, sure, the cartels will force girls into sex slavery and boys into the drug trade and they will traffic fentanyl across the border. But there's no way they would aid a terrorist going into America. Are you kidding? Of course they would. Even uh, They probably wouldn't know it's a terrorist. But even if they did, you know for the right money. They actually they – ab- they would. Send them across our borders. And here in Arizona, and I'm going to be very selfish about this, um, and I pray that this never happens, but Phoenix is not far from the border. And there is such a target-rich environment where we are. We have Luke Air Force Base in the West Valley. We have Palo Verde Nuclear Power Plant. We have the Hoover Dam. Uh, we also well, we have the, uh, a lot of dams around our lakes um, we, that could do a lot of damage if they were destroyed. We have a federal courthouse downtown. We have so many things that would be um, that would send a message if they were able to attack them or do any damage to them. And that's exactly what terrorism is by definition. Terrorism is them using fear to change the way you live your life. And when these people are willing to sacrifice their own life to take the lives of others, that's all it takes. Look at what happened on 9-11. They were able to kill thousands of people 
by willing, but being willing to end theirs. And we lived in fear for a long time after 9-11, and they revamped the FBI into a, into a unit of anti-terrorism, domestic terrorism. And they've done an exemplary job of stopping terrorism around the U.S. In spite of whatever their political shortfalls are recently in the minds of some and everything else that's been going on and the, saying that it's been weaponized, when you look at what they've been able to do since 9-11, I'm talking about the FBI, what they have been able to do since 9-11 in thwarting terrorism, they have done an exemplary job. But that job is going to get more difficult if we don't believe that the same cartels that are destroying the lives of people, allowing people to die in the desert, muling drugs into our country and making huge profits wouldn't bring in terrorists. We are blind and we have forgotten every lesson we learned because of 9-11. And we got to open our eyes. This is, uh, you know, Title 42 is ending. They're expecting this huge influx of people from Venezuela and they're not prepared for, they don't, they can't control what's happening now. They're not prepared for what's going to happen. That's what's scary. Coming up in a moment, um, the commitment to America. Talked a little bit about this, but I want to go back more to the contract with America in 1994 and talk about similarities. Is this going to help the country? Will Americans look at this as a path forward and a shift in direction? We'll talk about it in just a couple of moments. Strong values and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show. KTAR News, 92.3 FM and the KTAR News app. Hey, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, Stevie Nicks is heading to auction pavilion on October 6th with Vanessa Carlton. Tickets are on sale, but if you want to win a pair, head over to the contest page at KTAR.com and you just might win. I wanted to talk more about this commitment to America. This is kind of going old school and trying getting back to basics in the Republican Party. Um, as a Republican, I will tell you, um, and this is the po- political side of what I'm about to say, and I want to get into more of the ideological side. Politically speaking, I will tell you, I think this is what's been missing from the Republican Party for quite a while. That's just my own personal observation. I think that you have to look at where people are and you have to speak to them where they are and what concerns them. What we've seen over the last couple of years, in my humble opinion, is I don't believe that the the masses in America were in favor of defunding the police. I think that was a smaller group of people that had a very loud voice. There is no doubt that what we saw happen in the cases of George Floyd and others were horrible crimes that should never happen. But the idea that we would lump law enforcement as a community into that is absolutely absurd. And what I've used as an example is educators, as teachers. We have seen, for whatever reason, over the last couple of years, a massive uptick in a number of teachers that have had inappropriate relationships, whether it's physical contact, text messages, or whatever, with children. At no point, at no point have I or anybody else that I know of said that this is a systemic problem in education and the belief that most people go into education to prey upon children. Well, that's what's said about cops. The voice that was the loudest was saying to America, most cops are bad. Most of them go into that profession so that they can uh, abuse people. Murderers with a badge, they were called. 
That doesn't mean that there aren't criminals in their ranks. That's a horrible thing to say, but we all know there are bad cops out there like there are bad teachers, but it wasn't systemic in the minds of most Americans. So that's what Americans need to hear. Not Republicans, not Democrats, not independents, Americans. We are going to make sure law enforcement is the best we can help them be, well-equipped, well-trained. That's what they need. Well-staffed. The other places, the economy, what are we going to do to help people pay their bills? Not pay their bills for them, not cancel their loan debt, put them in a place where they are self-sufficient, where they don't need the government. Getting people off the government dole, self-sufficiency. Talk to them about that. Talk about the U.S. border. Talk about how we want humane treatment and a robust immigration program that allows good people to come here and live the American dream. But we have to secure our border for national security reasons and get rid of fentanyl as much as we can. Those are the things that people need to hear. This commitment to America, it looks as if McCarthy is taking a page out of Newt Gingrich's book and the contract with America and saying, listen, we are applying for a job, not just an individual candidate to run for the House district where you live. As a party, we are now making a commitment as a group. If you elect a majority of Republicans to this body, this is what we are offering you. These are the, the these are the things we will put forward. And as when Gingrich did it, it was genius because Gingrich basically said, elect us. First time in 40 years, Republicans controlled the House. This is what we're going to do. And hold us accountable. If we don't do these things, hold us accountable. Because I'm telling you on the front end, this is what we are going to get done. And it bo- it was very it boded well for them, and I wonder if McCarthy is going to be able to pull this off and saying that if you elect Republicans, this is what we will work on, and this is our commitment to you. Um, and uh, I want you to hear just this is a little bit um, of that plan, what he said he'd do. But Republicans have a plan for a new direction, one that will get our country back on track. It's called the commitment to America. A plan for an economy that's strong, where you can feed your family and fill up your tank. A nation that's safe, where communities are protected by the police and criminals are prosecuted. A future that's built on freedom, where your children come first and are taught to dream big. And a government that's accountable, where politicians don't get special treatment. Now, all that sounds great, and I'll, I'll admit, platitudes there to some degree, but specifically, what would they do? What, you know, because with the contract for, uh, for America, contract with America, Gingrich said, we're going to put this in place, we're going to put this, and this is why we're doing this, and there were actual bills that were, were pre- uh, presented, and they had a plan they told America that they were going to do. Now, did they save the world? No, but did they do a good job in the minds? In my mind, they did. And I think telling them, instead of going after your opponent as the worst person on the planet and screaming that Democrats are going to get us all killed as a party saying this is what we're offering the American people. Elect us into power. Elect us into leadership. And this is the direction we're going to take you. Vote accordingly if you like what we have to say. I think that's a great approach. I really do. Just after 11 o'clock, Arizona courts short of probation officer. We're going to talk law in order coming up in just a moment.